The Coaching You Podcast is presented by Huddle Basketball and Huddle Assist, your best solution to capture and analyze every aspect of the game from the first tip to the final buzzer. Welcome to another Coaching You Podcast presented by our friends at Huddle and Huddle Assist. This is Brendan Sir, and let me tell you, today is going to be a treat for the final four people that are on the men's and women's side. Tonight, we're going to see the final four women from San Antonio, and then tomorrow we have the final four from Indianapolis. Great games, both days. But we have none better than Debbie Antonelli, who has worked at in Indianapolis doing men's games and is now doing radio at the Final Four for the 25th year. She is an expert analyst on both sides, and I think you'll really enjoy her, enjoy her as I did. We'll be back after this quick timeout. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team, and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And assist is more than just a box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like the li- like lineup data, VPS, and of course effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's H-U-D-L dot com slash assist to learn more. MindView is an amazing, amazing company that literally is just releasing a platform. They have developed an incredible assessment that we have just totally, totally been blown away with. Because on this assessment that you can take in a matter of 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes on your phone, the things that you've never been able to measure before, like resilience, grit, hope, adaptability, all these things, they are able to measure them as to how you're thinking and feeling right now. This is a game changer as far as I'm concerned. I'm a strength finder guy. I love all that. But MindView is the latest technology. It is just literally coming on the market right now. The platform that they've created is second to none. The emphasis right now on your players' mental wellness is unprecedented. I'm sold on MindView. Now it's your turn. For more information about MindView, M-I-N-D-V-U-E, please contact the COO, Cleet McQuinn. His email is cmcquinn at mindview.com or visit their website at mindview.com. Today is a thrill because we're going into tonight, the women's final four in San Antonio and tomorrow the final four in Indianapolis. No one better to talk to than one of my best friends in basketball, Debbie Antonelli, who is the voice of both men's and women's, the only person that does both events. How are you, my friend? Coach, that is so cool that you said it that way. Uh, thank you so much. I, I'm so glad to be with you. And yes, uh, I love you. You know that. Yeah, well, you know, I think one of the really cool things, you know, and every year I, I get such a kick out of in the first round, you're always doing the men. And boy, did you have, with it being all in Indianapolis, you know, there you are in a live venue and doing games and 
you know, and you had some, they had some great games and you had, you know, a, a great spot to be in. Tell me what Indianapolis was like. Well, coach, it was, uh, um, really, um, really, really fun to be a part of. I mean, I, I had the best time preparing for the games. You know, the schedule for us was much different than what it typically is. And this would be my fifth year for CBS. If you counted last year, uh, and we usually have four games, day off two games. Well, the schedule was much different. So my partner Carter Blackburn and I were in an uh, assembly hall for the first two um, games that we did on Friday and the first two on Saturday. And we did have some great games. We had some upsets. Uh, we had Houston in the first round, and I'm glad to see they're still alive. And uh, I also had Gonzaga against Oklahoma uh, to, advance, um, to advance them on uh, Monday on CBS and they're still alive. So that makes it fun to keep following and, and to stay on top of it. But I checked into my hotel on a Tuesday with a loaf of bread and some peanut butter and jelly, and I didn't come out until Friday. I, I got to know because I'm a peanut butter and jelly guy. What kind of jelly do you have, girl? Oh, I have grape jelly. Uh, see, I'm a, and I'm, I have um, smooth peanut butter. Oh, smooth and red raspberry. Some, <laughs> I, I will bring you some someday when I come to see you in, in Charleston. But, hey, listen. Did you lift weights in a beautiful men's facility? I'm only joking. I'm not going to have you go there. But <laughs> No, I brought my own equipment. Uh, I've been working out in my room. Okay. I did not go near any uh, facility like that. And we're not even allowed inside yeah. that part of it. So it's very secluded. <clears throat> well, let's go, to, let's go tonight. You're doing the Final Four on radio for Westwood One. And as you've had for 25 years, what an accomplishment. Congrats on that. And the great folks at Westwood One for being that smart. Uh, but... Talk about the women's final four. I'm intrigued by it. Every year I am, but this year especially with the you know the four teams that we have in there. Well, we've got some headlining things here. I mean, it's just outstanding. Tara, the all-time Tara Vandiver at Stanford, the all-time winningest coach on the women's side, passed Pat Summit in December this year to be the all-time wins leader. Uh, Gino Oriama at UConn, 13th consecutive final four, 21 overall. He's got 11 titles. He has more than anyone. Uh, he's 11 and 0 in the title game. So, um, if Arizona, led by Adia Barnes, who's a fifth-year head coach, last time Arizona was in the NCAA tournament was 2005, and here she finds herself in their first Final Four, and she's been terrific. And then, of course, there's the great Dawn Staley, our Olympic coach, uh, winner of the championship in 2017, and there is not a thing missing on her resume. So we've got great personalities at the top, and I'm happy to dive in, Coach. You know that. Well, I want you to. Let's talk about that first game we have going tonight. Talk about that, please. So we've got Tara and uh, Stanford against G, uh, against Dawn in uh, South Carolina. Great game. And so it, it should be great. I mean, South Carolina is playing their best basketball. Aaliyah Boston is their 6'5 center. She's an All-American. She's a double-double. Uh, she's a tremendous shot blocker. I had some time to go on Synergy, and I watched all of her assists and all of her turnovers. Because we're not traveling and we're in one location, I actually have a little more time to prep for certain things or dig a little bit deeper. Um, and Aaliyah Boston, because she's such the focal point, you got to try to limit her. And when she goes to the high post, she's an excellent passer in their high-low game. She also is very good at reversing the ball into their threes. So I think the challenge for Tara Vandeveer tonight, one piece of the game plan is you got to make her dribble. You got to make her dribble in a crowd on the block. They'll bring some help. You got to make her dribble at the high post so she's not as effective in, in helping them keep their rhythm going. 
But overall, uh, Stanford is one of the best offensive teams we have. They move the ball. They play pretty basketball, as Tara Vanderveer would call it. Uh, they've made 53s in the tournament so far, Coach. If they make five more, they'll make the most and set the NCAA record for the tournament. Uh, they 55% of their baskets are assisted. They're long. They're athletic. They open the floor. They run a lot of four out, one in. They run some Princeton-like stuff. They spread the floor. They can all shoot it. Uh, they've got a great point guard in Keanu Williams. Uh, this is going to be a matchup where um, Sanford has to stay on the glass with South Carolina. South Carolina has to run Stanford off the three-point line and make them make some tough twos. And then I think the game is going to really slow down and that it's going to be about execution in the quarter court and about shot selection so that you can get back and set your defense. You know, I, I want to talk about, since this is coaching you, I want to talk about our coaches. Uh, I've been a fan of both for years. And Tara, I've just, you know, marveled at her. You know, she's she's timeless, you know. And somehow this woman that has, you know, started out very humbly in the profession, uh, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, she's at one of the greatest academic schools in our country, but she connects, and I watched her when she broke Pat's record. She connects so well, so well to the kids and stuff. And her stuff that she runs offensively is better than half the men's teams in the country. Absolutely, not even close. She really executes. From your observation and knowing her for so long, what what do you think are the keys that make her successful? I think she's brilliant. I think she studies and works. I don't think anybody ever gave her anything. And I think she always comes from that work ethic standpoint where I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to provide a solution. I'm going to take a hundred things and I'm going to trim it to three. And here are the three things that we are going to do well to win this game. And she has prepared her team with incredible offensive habits. This team runs the floor hard and wide every time. Not when they want to. It's a habit that she's instilled in them. And, you know, when you're at the level that Tara and Dawn and Gino are in particular, Adia is still building her program at Arizona. Right. You only recruit about eight, nine, ten kids, you know. And so when you're only recruiting that many kids, you really have more time to dig into how to make your team better and your players better. And the uniqueness of this season, particularly on Stanford, because Santa Clara County, uh, where they have their campus, was not allowing any competition. And they spent, um, I want to say, like almost two full months away from Santa Clara County trying to compete and play. They were in Vegas for a while. They played on the road in the Pac-12. They would play doubleheader, you know, like stay in one city and play two games. Um, they had a, the, the most unique travel schedule. Yet here they are in the Final Four. Tara has not won one since 1992. Wow. Coach, that's 29 years. And UConn is on the other side of the bracket. And first, you got to get through South Carolina. It's a daunting challenge, but mostly she is one of the most humble, most approachable, great learners in our game. And she takes what she learns and she teaches. And I've learned a lot from her. You know, I remember we had a, one of our really fabulous Coaching You events in Vegas years ago, and uh, it, we used the UNLV practice facility, and uh, I, I got Gito to come out and speak. And this is really 
a credit to our, our great women's game. And we have 200 plus coaches at the event. And, you know, I have what we call our VIPs, as you know, you've been one that sit up and, you know, they, they pay a lot more, but they come and they sit up in the front and they're, you know, they have a table to write on. And I look as we're ready to start, there are seven Pac-12 head coaches there. And Tara is there with her top assistant. And to hear not just Gino, but all of them. She didn't mm -hmm. leave when Gino finished. She stayed the whole time. And I was blown away by that. Great, great compliment to her as a growth Values leader. winning over everything else. How about that? Right? And, and in the right way with the right kind of people at her program. It's amazing what she's done. Uh, she's remarkable to spend time with. I value every second I get with her. Uh, that, that's that's special. Debbie, what do you think uh, of our Olympic coach, Dawn Staley? She is a, she's a free spirit. I don't know what we have on the men's side to even come close to her, but, you know, her women love her uh, dearly. Uh, everyone that works with her at South Carolina does also. She's a... Uh, She's an amazing person, but a hell of a coach. Tell me about her. Yeah, Dawn Staley's a rock star coach. I mean, there's nothing missing on her resume. You name it, she has already checked it off. She is an incredible uh, person to be around. Also has uh, elevated her own stock by her own work ethic. If you know Dawn's story and where she came from, from Philadelphia Row Houses and the projects in Philly and took herself to the University of Virginia because it was different. She wanted to be uncomfortable and she wanted to learn and put herself in a different environment. And she has built a dynasty in South Carolina. I live in the state. She could run for governor. She is impressive as a person as much as she is as a coach. And she has six All-Americans on her roster and she's getting four more next year. So she'll have 10 McDonald's All-Americans. And that is the number one fan base in the country right now they have led the nation in in fans attendance like six years in a row and i i've seen it i've watched her build it from nothing to where they are now and she's a joy to be around as well tough gritty competitive but also composed and her team has great length they're hard to guard inside her guard play has gotten better as the season has gone on uh, Aaliyah Boston, their 6'5 center, probably, you know, she, she didn't get the touches she probably should have been getting in probably February. But it was almost like I watched Dawn go, okay, you guys do it your way. I'm telling you how it's going to work. And then when you see that it doesn't, uh, then, then you, you know how that moment is as a coach where you get <laughs> your team back in line. I think all these coaches have had that moment. And I certainly think Dawn had that moment with her team after they lost to Texas A&M. But uh, they have turned it on. There's another switch, and they are tough. And they're competitive. They're hardworking. And uh, if, if they can, you know, keep the – if they can execute in the fourth quarter, because this will come down to a fourth quarter um, situation for both these teams. Uh, and uh, here's a little coaching thing, like a subtle thing. I've watched Dawn do this, uh, and I asked her about it, so I don't mind speaking on it. Sure. She's got an All-American on her team named Bree Beal. She's a 6'1 sophomore. She's big and strong. She's probably their best perimeter defender, and that's who they use on the other team's best offensive player. 
And, and you know, when you're an All-American, you don't come to a school as an All-American as a great defensive player. You usually come as an All-American as a great offensive player. And and Bree has struggled to score in the flow of the offense. But here what here's what Dawn does. Every situation, whether it's baseline, sideline, ATOs, I watch Dawn run plays for Bree Beal because Dawn can affect the quality of catch that Bree gets, not allowing Bree to make some decisions that maybe would be a quick shot that maybe wouldn't be a shot Dawn would like her to, to take. So therefore, this kid knows that she's going to get that quality touch on an ATO or a situational offense, and it makes their whole team better because this kid can score, and she can score from 10 feet in, and she's really consistent. I'm not saying she can't shoot the three. She's shooting 31% from the three. But I think it's an excellent coaching move by Dawn Staley to get her a quality catch where on situational offense, this kid can score and help the team in that way because she helps the team in so many other ways. But we all know kids value scoring. So this is, a, I think, an excellent coaching move by Dawn Staley. That is fascinating, and I love that. What, and you're right, that is a terrific concept to do with a, with a young kid like that. The second game, now with Arizona and UConn, um, I'm fascinated by it. First, I didn't know Arizona was this good. I knew they were good, but I didn't know they were this good because of Stanford in that league. But, man, she has done a great job with that program. But more importantly, she's got a terrific player in McDonald, right? Oh, Coach, listen, this is a team that, remember, they're the three seed, and the one seed, NC State, and the two seed, Texas A&M, you know, both got knocked out. Arizona knocked out um, Texas A&M. But the, uh, the uh, NC State, as the one seed, they had an injury in the tournament in the first round game, and they couldn't survive, uh, and they just couldn't get it back together in time. That's a hard thing to happen to the one seed. Uh, I think it was never um, uh, played out as much as it should have been, what a factor that was for NC State. But that, that certainly cost them. Uh, a chance to advance. So they're the three seed, and they are excellent. And Ari McDonald is the elite-level speed and quickness, unlike anyone else that the UConn Huskies have seen all year. Uh, she can. She's left-handed. She's an All-American. She's also a really good two-way player coach. She can generate on uh, the other end with her defense. She was Co-Pac 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, she's a lockdown defender. She's quick. She's fast. Uh, she's committed to this team. She's going to probably have to get 35. And what's going to be interesting, interesting to see how UConn decides to guard her because no one can keep her in front. She's excellent in their ball screen offense. She reads the second level so well. She's really good at snaking behind all that action, and then she gets always gets back to her left hand. But there's not a big in the country that can corral her and keep her from scoring. Uh, if she gets to the second level, which she will, because no one can keep her in front. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to watch that matchup. Uh, that's the thing that I'm keying on is the great Ari McDonald, the senior who came to Arizona when they had six wins, uh, what, 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 which would have been Sam Thomas, a senior on their team's first year. And here this kid is a senior, and they're in the Final Four. Uh, it's pretty a pretty remarkable story for them. And they've got three good pieces. they got three 1,000-point scores. So Dang. there's got to be others that have to make some plays for them to have a chance. What about UConn? I know, uh, you know everyone raves about our freshman, Paige. Uh, but talk about 
I, I was really, I was blown away by the rest of the talent because I hadn't seen them that often this year. Hadn't really focused on them until last week. Well, there's a lot of talent on this team. Uh, you're talking about Paige Becker. She's yeah. won the AP National Player of the Year. No freshman has ever won that. Um, Kristen Williams was an, also a number one rated recruit coming out of high school. Uh, uh, Nelson Adota is uh, their center. She's also a top five. Aaliyah Edwards is a top recruit. Avina Westbrook transfer from Tennessee sat out um, last year, and she's an All-American, high school All-American. They've got talent. Uh, Paige Beckers is exceptional. Uh, 5'11", can make every shot, uh, very quick with the ball. Uh, I asked her if she had run the Princeton uh, offense before she got to UConn. She said no. To me, that's exceptionally uh, <laughs> impressive because that's a hard offense to learn. And as the year goes on, um, like a good coach, his teams get better. They get to this environment. I mean, 13 times in a row in the women's Final Four is just amazing. And uh, it's impressive to watch them. You know, they move the ball. They don't put it on the ground very much. They space and cut. They're, they This is what UConn, I think, it, this is what Paige does really well, Coach. I think she's a great cutter to the basket to score, but I think she's equally as good as exit cutting to the perimeter to get her feet ready and her hands ready to shoot. Um, and here's a good one for you because I checked this out. In the Big East tournament, Paige Becker's made 23 shots. 20 of them were on the right side or the middle third, Okay. In the NCAA tournament, she's made 30 shots, and 22 of them are middle or right side of the floor. How about that? Well, I'm, I'm watching to see if Arizona can make her go left. Great and point. And Arizona's built on defense, so it's going to be interesting to watch. Boy, that's great. And who says analytics aren't important, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm looking at them all the time. Uh, I think they're really important. I mean, if I was a head coach – and that's the way I try to approach my prep is like, okay, if I had to defend this team, what are some things I'd try to take away? I had a great coach, a good friend of mine, the, the great Billy Moore, tell me that when you get to the postseason, about a third of what you do really well is probably going to disappear. So if you're really good in transition, probably a third of that is going to shrink. If you're really good at generating uh, offense with your defense and getting turnovers, about a third of that is going to disappear. And, you know, I've been tracking that myself, and I think the great coach Billy Moore is right. And you know the game shortens, we shrink, and then uh, possessions become even more important and execution is critical. And avoiding that game slippage late uh, is what will determine who wins these games. As ESPN sometimes does on game day, uh, do you dare pick winners or do you want to stay out of that? Well, I try to stay and out stay of that. Out. Because, I don't want to get um, you in trouble because, you know, I mean, it, you know, hey. <laughs> well, you know what, Coach? Here's another good thing. Here's a reason. Part of the reason why is because when we get to the Sweet 16, there are lines on the women's games. And I that? think that is so important as an element to grow the game. Everybody talks about growing the game. I mean, we know we've had a lot of inequity discussion about the way yeah. the men's and the women's tournaments are run. But when we get to the Sweet 16 and Vegas puts a line on a women's game, that is phenomenal because that means that somebody is putting money on it, which means somebody's paying attention. If you're paying attention, you'll watch. If you watch, ratings will go up. If ratings go up, we have a piece of property to sell our game. It all works to me as a 
my marketing and my economic background as a huge boost to our game to have uh, bets uh, in lines and discussion because it becomes a topic of discussion in the women's game. What's the line? I live with all men. They know odd spreads, fantasy football. I don't even know how many teams they have. But it's important conversation. Women don't usually wake up and check the line in the morning, but we know the guys do. And so I think it's phenomenal that uh, we get a chance to have this kind of conversation around the women's game and how it could really boost the women's game. Okay, so uh, taking that, uh, I just actually looked at my uh, Baton Rouge paper, and it didn't have the women's line, only the men's. So give me uh, give me what the line is tonight, if you can remember, for each When game. I checked it yesterday, uh-huh. UConn was minus 13.5, and, a half, and uh, the Stanford line had gone from 5 to 6. Wow. So, so that's impressive, right? So now... Here's what happens. Like, people don't pay attention to the women's game in the 18 to 35 or 48 demographic like we'd like. That's a big demographic that I think is evolving, that we've always looked at tackling. We've never come up with a solution for it. And this is a solution for it. This is another part of my, um, you know, whole playing the whole concept in one spot idea in Vegas that we would have lines on the women's games because now you've got conversation and. Even, um, you know, even when UConn, like in the early rounds, when they're favored by 40, they always cover. So if you're, you, why would you watch UConn when it's a 40-point game? It's one reason why you might be entertained and watched. And when you know what the line is and you're a competitor and you watch the games, it's another fascinating, entertaining way to, in, you know, to engage in the game. I, I think it's really fun. And and listen, Coach, I, I never even bought a lottery ticket, so I'm not a gambler. Me either, uh, yeah. But, but I love the whole – I'm fascinated by the whole concept of it, and I think it's a great definition and one way to help the women's game grow. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, with that, I, I do agree that I, I like a Stanford – uh, UConn final. That's all we'll say. Uh, but I do yeah. like that. But I'll, I'll, let, I'll let our listeners in before we take a, a break is uh, the great Chuck Daly, the Hall of Famer Chuck Daly, who I had the honor to sit next to for years. Uh, every, part of our scouting report every day in the NBA was he would tell our players, hey, you know, we're playing the Lakers. They have the Lakers by two. You better be ready to play. That, that's what he would say. Literally, don't. <laughs> and he would just give them the mindset that, you know, they're not supposed to win tonight. Or we would lose a game, we were favored by 13, and say, listen, guys, we lost by 11 tonight, we were favored by 13. Something's wrong in this group right now. You better fix it. How about that? He was right on. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. We're going to come back with the great Debbie Antonelli. Hi, this is Brendan Sir. I'm talking to coaches, PE teachers, ADs, and camp directors because I'm so excited to announce our newest Coaching You podcast partnership with my friends from 360 Hoops. What if I told you that I've witnessed the most innovative game, training, and exercise for kids that I've seen in decades? 360 Hoops takes up less space than traditional basketball and allows for more players to get involved in developing their basketball fundamentals. The three-sided basket is attached to wheels for easy transportation and can adjust from 7 to 10 feet. The uses are endless, from elementary and middle school recess to physical education class. It can also be used for team practice and skill development training for teams with players of all ages. For more information, visit www.com. 
clay360hoops.com. To learn more about this new innovative product, make sure you mention Coaching You for a 10% discount. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined the shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand, real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that in to Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. Prepare like the pros with the new FastDraw. FastDraw is the number one affordable coaching tool used by pro and high school level teams worldwide. With FastDraw, you can save your plays and playbooks digitally, attach video and share with other coaches and your players in seconds. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching content and resources through their blog and play bank which features over 8,000 free plays and drills from their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Don't forget to use promo code CU10, that is CU10, to receive 10% off your next FastModel purchase. Back with Debbie Antonelli. Debbie, uh, the women's side so good. Boy, I'll tell you what. Uh, but now, tomorrow, the men's Final Four. We got Gonzaga, you know, and UCLA. I mean, UCLA, and then we have Houston, Baylor. I mean, you know, I think two of the teams, we all were praying Gonzaga and Baylor would get there. Houston, we all knew, was fabulous. But a lot of people thought Illinois was going to get there. And then... Many people were thinking Michigan, who was two points off and had a rough game, uh, was going to make it there, the four number ones. Uh, and some people had Alabama. But this UCLA team has gone through the the gauntlet. Uh, but what what are your thoughts since you were up there and you got a chance to see some of these teams and have watched the rest, of, I'm sure, as they played during the week? Well, Coach, I, I, first of all, I, I'm so thrilled that I get a chance to cover the game at the highest level on the men's side. It is absolutely a, a thrill and a pleasure. And I will say this, you know, um, the first year that I covered the men's game uh, for CBS, there was uh, a lot of publicity around it. People were making a big deal, even though I had called men's games since the mid-90s. But when it got to... Um, you know, the just the the interest around me doing the games, 
uh, I had a, there was a lot of publicity. So even like the New York Times sent the photographer to my house that was in my house following me around for an hour and a half. And so it was a little, you know, over the top embarrassing for me. But I kept thinking team because, you know, when you do a broadcast, it's all about team. And, and I had great teammates. Um, and that was the that was five years ago. The second year, there was a handful of people. The third year, there was a few more. In my fifth year, not one person called me about being the female analyst on the men's tournament, which I think uh, shows some sign of progress that maybe it's more natural or normal to hear my voice on the men's tournament and not make a big deal about it. So I just want to say that so that all the the coaches that are out there that are listening, that are coaching on the women's side, uh, they know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, they understand what that means. Um, as far as Houston goes, boy, I mean, Kelvin Sampson, if he's not one of the best teachers that we've been around, he's just incredible at, at X and O. And, and he's put a collection of guys together that are really, really tough. I mean, Dijon Giro is, um, you know, he's a triple-double. He runs the top of the, the, the floor for them He on both ends. He is really uh, long. This team is long. They're athletic. They're great on the glass. They can D up. They can generate with their offense. Quentin Grimes has been a bucket getter all tournament. He's got an incredible range. They're playing with so much confidence. I think, you know, um, they can match the athleticism of Baylor. Uh, I don't know if they can match the depth of Baylor, but they can certainly uh, pound the glass, and they won't give up much in transition because their team speed is so good. Uh, And, as you know, like we said previously, we know how the game sort of shrinks when we get to this point. I think Houston has a legitimate chance to beat Baylor. I think they're that good. I think that uh, they are that connected. And I think they're a hungry group of guys, you know, that a lot of people thought they could have been a one seed. And I think they've played with that little chip on their shoulder the whole tournament. But to win 28 games in this environment is pretty impressive. And I think in-state rivalry also is important. Uh, You know, we have a father-son with the Alvin Brooks and his son, our co- were our co- assistant coaches on the respective teams. I think that's also fascinating. But Baylor's favored by five, but uh, I, I I think we could see an upset there. You know, e- either way, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, I, I no disrespect. Scott Drew has done a great job. What a phenomenal season they have had. Uh, you know, Davion Mitchell and what he's been able <sighs> to do with him has been really impressive. Uh, and and I, I love watching. I can't wait to watch the games on Saturday. That's the one thing about being in San Antonio and there's nothing going on because no one is out, not even on the Riverwalk. Like this used to be uh, a place where you would have a lot of, you know, there's a lot of events going on and parties and sure. things to do at the Final Four and networking opportunities. And you got none of that. I'm going to be locked down watching these games for the first time in a long time, and I can't wait. I know. I, I love you. You mentioned in Baylor talent. I love their talent. Great backcourt. Um, Devion Mitchell is, my God, he's going to be a phenom. His game is made for the NBA. Butler is a kid I've seen since high school. Love him. Terrific shooter. Uh, plays with at a high speed uh, coming off screens. I love him. And boy, did it, those kids, uh, they they just got some guys that really compete. And Scott is really developed into one of the best coaches in the country. I'm really yes. thrilled for him, and I love him and his family. And so this is great for them. UCLA, Mick Cronin, I've coached against him when he was at Cincinnati. Uh, you know, everyone thought bad fit at UCLA. You know, that, that offense won't work. Oh, his defense is, oh, those kids in the West yeah. Coast don't want to play it. <laughs> Wow, has he come yep. on and done a great job. 
I mean, wow is right. It, you know, and I had a chance to cover mixed teams at, at Cincinnati as well, coach. And uh, I mean, I, I enjoy conversation with him. I mean, he is a game talker, tape eater, uh, walk the walk, whole business part of it. I mean, really, really tough. He's one of those guys that for me, like you better be buttoned up when you show up to have a conversation because he's going to challenge you. He, he'll find out right away if you know your stuff, you know, and I, I love that about him because I don't mind that at all. Uh, I, I like that sort of challenge to, you know, did I did I get all his ball screen coverages before I ask him about it? Did I see the way he wants to do things uh, uh, rotating or Xing out on the backside? I mean, am I getting all that before I see him? You know, because he's so good. He has changed that culture. Those guys are tough and hungry, and they're really good, and they've had a great, incredible, unprecedented run. But, man, forget about it, Coach. Gonzaga, they are too good. They are too – they're just – they are so fun to watch. Like, I I wish it was a five-game series so we could watch them five more times, this collection of guys, just because they're so good. And uh, Mark Few, what a gentleman. Uh, what an incredible ambassador for our game. I think, uh, you know, so much for the so-called mid-major, the dynasty he's built out there and the way he's done it. And, you know, in, in covering his team and talking to him, he's like, uh, you know, so many people have gone after him to try to get him to consider. And I'm sure he's on North Carolina's short list uh, with uh, Coach Roy Williams stepping down and retiring. But he's like, why mess with happy? He's like, man, I'm happy. I love it here. I love having the environment, the, the, the community, the whole thing. And, man, his team is so good. I don't even know where you want to start with them, Coach. They're so good. Well, i tell you what, you know, I've never been excited, uh, as you mentioned, to watch a team play and learn from them. Uh, the f- free flow of their system, the way they play, it's the way get- basketball's been meant to be played. Uh, I love Jalen Suggs. I don't know. And this kid, he keeps, man, he, I thought I saw him shift gears so big the other day. This guy played at another level. I mean, that's why, I mean, I love Cade Cunningham, but man, this guy, athletically, he's got NBA acceleration speed. Cade is just one that's just so darn smart, great under pressure. He'll be a fabulous pro. You can't go wrong with either guy. Uh, it's like Brendan so, Ingram, Ben Simmons, I, you know, you know, okay, one's yeah. better than the other. Yeah, but, you know, one the guy that actually was better hasn't shot the ball in the NBA, Ben Simmons, and, and, and Ingram is like, a you know, 30 points a game if he wants, you know. So it's an interesting thing, but I, I love the way Gonzaga plays. Uh, I do too, coach. And and you're right about Jalen Suggs. Like you think he's fast and then you see him in person. It's a whole other level. Uh, I was impressed at the same, the same thing. Like all of a sudden he's, he's, you think he's coming full speed and then he gets to the quarter court, changes direction and gets to the rim like explosive. It is a whole different ball game when you're watching him in person and that next level um, elite athleticism with incredible skill and understanding of how to play. And they are unselfish and they don't care. They want to win. And that's all they're worried about right now. And uh, I think the chasing history part is something they've embraced. And uh, they, they just, they're so good. They're so talented. You can't drew Timmy. You can't stop one-on-one. He needs a double. You need to make him become a passer, but where are you going to bring a double from? I mean, they're really so spaced out and, 
so good and, and they just have they have a bunch of pros on that team that are going to have great careers after they're done with Gonzaga yeah I mean you know and uh, Mark Few keeps them all happy you know he gets the kid Neverhorn from uh, Florida you know doesn't play that well early in the year and now he's just gotten so much better mm-hmm. you know their style of play at Florida is more a dribble drive one-on-one type of game here it's just five-man basketball and he re- he really excels in that in the beginning, he was like trying to play one on one, and it's, when you do that there, that you really stand out, not in a good way. And I think that's uh, you're, you're talking about Andrew Nemhart, and, yeah. and yes, I agree. I mean, a lot of people questioned his foot speed at Florida, or there were some things that people would say. But when you watch him in this concept um, play at this level with these guys, he uh, is not a deficit for sure. I mean, he is an addition, and uh, he he is good. He's really good. He can score as his, his ability to read a ball screen action is definitely NBA like, and um, you know I, I'm so impressed with that. How how much I've learned, and and I've learned a lot from you, coach, going to coaching you clinics and listen to the NBA guys talk about ball screen coverage and yep. all that, and, and and being able to break the game down and study it. Um, it. It's really fun to watch a team that can execute like they can at that level and do all those things well. Well, I think uh, the interesting thing is about the. Uh, you know, all four of the teams, uh, is they're all really good defensively. But Gonzaga and Baylor can really guard. And they play differently. Uh, Baylor's, you know, going to ice your ball screens on the sideline, and they're going to deny every pass anywhere in the court because of their incredible quickness. And But Gonzaga, I've never seen a team switch so well. Uh, all five players. One through five switching, which is usually very dangerous, you know, with the bigs. But man, did they switch yes, well. That middle third, um, that middle third ball screen defense. I mean, if you're going to pick apart one thing on them, that's probably the one thing because Drew Ch- Timmy might switch in that. And if, if he can't guard, um, you know, on that switch, that's a tough one. Well, you know, but other than that, I don't see anything else that bothers them. Well, let's then take it to the finals where we get hopefully Baylor Gonzaga. And that's the team that, as they, disposed of Arkansas last week uh that's what did it you know Musselman ended up switching and Mus ended up switching one through five and that's all they did is come down and go get that center to switch on to him you know mm-hmm. and and just you know Justin Smith as good as he is as a defender you know you can't guard that kid Whew, man I mean you know when they, they they just excel taking you off the dribble and uh, I was really impressed by that. So I think you're right on. You hit something with Drew Timmy having to guard those guys from Baylor on the switching in the middle, third yeah, floor. Yeah, that could be interesting. Keep your eye on that if that happens. Even the guys from Houston are quick in that downhill middle third. Yeah, and, and they're athletically, I think Houston's better to be able to guard Baylor than Gonzaga might even because of the great athleticism. The interesting thing will be if Houston's tremendous offensive rebounding will be a factor against Baylor, who has yes. great athletes. That's that's what I'm going to see. I want to make one comment about Mitch Cronin, uh, who, again, we both really think the world of. You know, as a coach, he's, you know, from the play-in game, he's upset Michigan State, and every, every game has been an upset for Mick, obviously. And every game, post-game comments, it's always about the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never about him. And I think he, that is the greatest characteristic of a coach when you can be so humble that you just put it all onto your kids. And, I, and I'm really, 
I really applaud him for that. And, and not that the other guys are differently, but I, it just stands out. He's so articulate the way he words it after a game. I agree 100%. You know, when you can make it about the kids, it's what it's supposed to be about. You know, he, everyone knows what a great job he's doing. He doesn't need to tell us. We see it. We're watching it. And we're, we're telling everybody what a great job he's doing. And uh, I, I think that's a really important part of bragging on your teammates, you know. Brag on your teammates. It comes back. It comes back around if you do that. Hey, uh, last thing I'm going to let you leave with uh, your friend, and you know, Roy Williams retired yesterday. To me, a little unexpectedly. Uh, thoughts, comments on Roy over his great career? I have watched Roy Williams. I've known Roy Williams. Uh, I have admired Roy. Um, I respect him so much. I respect what he's done to create the brand that's North Carolina basketball and how he's perpetuated the legacy of how great that program is. I'm, I'm disappointed that he's retiring um, because I, I love him so much. Uh, I respect him so much. Uh, but I hope that he and Wanda will enjoy whatever they get to do next. And, you know, as somebody that uh, lives in Charleston and, and Roy's got a house down on Sullivan's Island, and he's a member of Bulls Bay, I am going to drag him to the golf course and make him play golf with me because I've always wanted to do that. And uh, I, he's such a gentleman, uh, and his time has been so valuable. I've never had the personal chance of doing that. But um, if I may tell you one real quick Roy Williams story, uh, and this is my favorite story about him. Uh, and I'm not going to get all the, the years right, but I'm just going to tell you this. It was um, ty- uh, it was College of Charleston game. Uh, it was a College of Charleston game. It was a Sunday night hoops package. I was covering the game as a reporter, uh, and he had had a player that had 21 points the night before. Uh, Tyler Zeller had had 21, nights, uh, 21 points in the game before, and it was the first time that Tyler had gone over the 20-point mark. And so I said, Coach, that's a, you know, when I was talking to him, like, you know, how come Tyler hasn't been able to, you know, get 20 before? Like, isn't it kind of a surprise? Like, I was kind of joking around. He's like, Tyler's had 20 before. I said, uh, no, Coach, I, uh, the notes say that he hasn't. He's like, calls the SID over. Has Tyler had 20 before? No, he's he's never had 20 before. He's like, huh. He had bet me a nickel that he had 20. He had scored more than 20. And I said, I said, well, Coach, don't worry about it. You don't have to pay me a nickel. It's okay. You know, we just kind of made light of it and we laughed. Well, uh, nothing more said about it. The game happens. It's halftime. I'm waiting in the back to speak to him about adjustments uh, for the second half. And as we're walking <laughs> out of the locker room, I'm standing outside the locker room, walking down the hall into the arena. He's talking to me about adjustments, and he reaches in his pocket, and he hands me a nickel. <laughs> and never said another word. I never said another word. I wasn't going to be like, yeah, Coach, I'm right. I told you so. Are you kidding me? It's Roy Williams. How but he had enough. He he was he was funny enough. It was subtle in the way he did it. He was such a gentleman. Uh, he thought it was great that you know he was wrong and that I was trying to be like, oh, it's okay, coach. Don't worry about it. You know, and he but he paid his debt. It was really sort of very Roy Williams like, like oh golly gee, I you know I owe Debbie a nickel. <laughs> I love that. That is such a great story. <laughs> that is Roy. That is right. And a great sense of humor, like you mentioned. Yes. Incredible. Debbie Antonelli, you are absolutely a superstar and the best. And we can't thank you enough. As always, you just knock it out of the park for us. And uh, I thank you. And enjoy the heck out of uh, your weekend down there. And then on your off days, enjoy watching basketball, too. 
Coach, you're the best. Uh, I thank you so much for how much you have poured into the women's game to help our game continue to evolve. And you know, if there's ever anything that I could do to assist you in your efforts, and I can't thank you for how much you've helped me professionally and personally inside the game. And uh, I have the utmost respect for you. So thank you for including me on your podcast. Oh, you're most welcome. I wish it was a Zoom where you could see me bowing to you now. <laughs> Enjoy yourself, Debbie. Thanks again. All right, Coach. Thank you. Debbie Antonelli, we could do a month on her. God, she's so good. And uh, she's one of the smartest people about the business of basketball. And if you could have heard our offline conversations, it would have made uh, the last dance pale compared to it. Uh, she is just a absolute star uh in this field she knows basketball inside out men's and women's she's a professional professional analyst and i really always am indebted to her for what she does for the game and the love of the game she has but man does she know her stuff and so great so make sure you enjoy the games this weekend until next week this is the coach Brendan sir